You're listening to Her Voice Matters with your host, Jordan Murphy. This podcast is a safe space for women who have faced traumatic experiences in their lives. And with each episode, we will focus on creating a brighter future that will empower women to heal, grow, and thrive after trauma. So embrace your unique voice, reclaim your power, and step into your full potential. And now, here's Jordan. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Today, we have a lovely lady on the show with us today. Her name is Sober Talk Jess, and we actually connected through social media. And this girl's story is one of the most inspiring stories, honestly, that I have ever seen. And that's why I have her here on the show with us today, just because I know that she can bring so much value to the show and to those of you guys that are listening. So with that being said, welcome to the show, Jess. Go ahead and share with us your story and tell us a little bit about you know where you came from and how you got to where you're at today with making money online and everything that you're pursuing. Yes. Yeah, so hello, everybody. Thank you, Jordan, for reaching out to me and for having me on. I adore this female right here. She is just a powerhouse in the online space and truly motivated me in a, when I was at a time where I could not move. So my name is Jess. I am a single, well, no, I'm a mom of five, not single. I'm a mom of five, a recovering addict, um, and life has been crazy. I um, was raised in, like, the middle of nowhere, and both my parents were in the household until I was older, but we had a household where emotions and opinions did not exist. If something happened, mm-hmm. we did not speak about it. What's, what happened in these walls stayed in these walls. So at a very early age, I was taught that your opinions do not matter. Your emotions don't exist. You do as you do as you're told. And so in school, I excelled because that was my safe space. That was where I could be who I wanted to be. And I would make up for those disappointments in the home by excelling at school. And I was, I loved school. I did really well in school and I did not conform to the masses. So like whatever was popular, I was doing the complete opposite. Even if it just was like, I wasn't passionate about it, but I just didn't want to be like everybody else. I wanted to be different. I wanted to stand out. Mm-hmm. All my life was like that and got into high school and I was still very um, firm in who I was. And um, my parents started fighting a lot more and they separated when I was 18. So in that time period, I was becoming a young woman mm-hmm. with nowhere to speak about what's going on inside of me, what's going on in my mind, like none of the things And I had a, I loved my daddy. I was always a daddy's girl, but I had that also toxic relationship with him because I couldn't express myself. So very early, there we go. With men, it was like, who can I fix? Who can I make better? You know? And all that did for me was pull me down and keep me there for a very long time. And that's when I got into using drugs and just numbing the things that I did not know what to do with. I'm just now in my mid thirties, learning how to process emotions. Wow. How can Mm. I teach my children to process big emotions or regulate their emotions? And I don't even know how to do that. Right. 
And my kids screaming all the time. And I'm like, why are you yelling? And then I'm like, oh, probably because I yell all day long. You know, they, they replicate what they see. Right. So, um, I got pregnant at 18, dropped out of college, had my second baby nine months later, got married, went to the army, moved away. And we got into drugs heavily, like harder drugs. And, um, then the abuse started physical abuse, verbal abuse. And that was like a back and forth thing. This guy was my high school sweetheart and I worshiped the ground he walked on literally. I would have done anything to keep that family unit together. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually that no longer worked. I separated and I got into drugs harder. We had two kids together. I lost them to him at that moment. And typically they, people would be like, why aren't you getting better? And it's like, what am I like? You take your, the only thing I had in my life that was, good was my kids. And so when they were taken away, I'm like, you expect me to be sane and do great. And I don't have the only thing in my life that makes me feel good. Makes me feel like I'm a good person. I always said through my whole addiction, like if I I messed up in a lot of areas, but I'm a good mama. And Mm -hmm. that was something that I prided myself. So when that was ripped away from me, when that identity was ripped away from me, I'm no longer their mom. Man, there was nothing left for me. It was just a shell. My goal every day when I woke up was I'm going to forget my name. I'm going to forget who I am today. And that was my goal every day. So that took me down a very long and dark path. I'm not going to get into all the specifics of that on this episode because I want to talk about the empowerment of walking out of that and what this the online space has done for me. But yes, I went through a lot of darkness, things that I never knew existed that some people in this world will never experience. And a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse, a lot of it was self-inflicted because I put myself in those situations and Mm -hmm. I continued having children with men that were abusive. And I just, that soul tie was like, I had no idea what that was until years later. And then it made sense like why I was so connected to these people and I could not break it off. Wow. So a lot of back and forth, pulling my kids in and out of this toxic relationship because I wanted the family unit to be together for the second time, but we were not safe. Hmm. So finally I left, came back to my mom's. I was like 29, 30 years old. I had four kids and I met this guy who was not from here and he was, um, like my saving grace at that point in time in my life, literally. He was sober. I was not. He was a recovering addict. And so I was like, this is going to be good. This is going to pull me, you know, away from those things. And unfortunately, that did not happen. I ended up pulling him down with me. We ended up having a baby girl. And he was from Maryland. He went back when I was pregnant to handle some legal stuff that was like hanging over his head. So I got mad at him when he did that because I felt like I'm pregnant with baby number five. I'm living at my mama's house and you're just going to leave me. Yeah. You're just going to abandon me right now. Like you can go handle that later right now. Like I'm freaking out. I'm pregnant with baby number five. I have no car. I'm at my mama's house. I'm 30 years old. Like this is my life. And so when he left, I really felt abandoned and he had to serve some time. It was like nine, 
right about nine months, right about the amount of time I was going to be pregnant. So he goes and he's calling me all the time and I'm answering until I don't answer anymore because I'm mad. I'm just mad. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I had her in July. He was released in September. We had not had a conversation yet. We have a mutual friend here and I reached out to her and I was like, like he needs to see this beautiful baby girl and we need to have a conversation. And the right. next day he died from an overdose. We oh, never had that conversation. He never saw the baby in person. Wow. That's that terrible. rocked my world. Wow. Yeah. That rocked Dang my world. Man. And so mm. instead of, I, I mean, I would get up and take, he died in September. I would get up and take the kids to school and come home with her. And I would just lay in the bed and cry. Yeah. The only man that never put his hands on me. In my life. He wow. was literally the sweetest thing I had ever experienced. Like, I didn't even know men existed like that. But we were Damn. still having those demons we were fighting. You know, he was fighting right. his. I was fighting mine. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, um, I just went harder into drugs. Because, again, I didn't know what to do with those emotions. Right. I didn't know how to process that. I was living with my mom, who is the sweep it under the rug person mm -hmm. of the household. So it's, you just keep moving. Right. You don't express it. You don't process it. You just get over it and keep moving. And right. I don't do that well because I feel deeply like I'm a very deep person when it comes to like emotions and thoughts. And so I have all this and I've had all this all my life and I have no idea what to do with it. Wow. And drugs were my, that was my saving grace. Like that was the thing that made me feel alive, made me feel normal, made me feel happy. Like mm -hmm. all the things made me feel like I was an even better mom because I had energy to do all the things with all the kids and right. be silly. And, and, you know, until it wasn't anymore, until I didn't mm -hmm. feel that way anymore. Then I had all this shame and guilt and I'm just piling it on. And so I had never tried heroin at all. I knew if I ever tried heroin, I would love it. Mm -hmm. So baby girl was probably about mm, nine months old. No, she was about seven months old. And my very first baby daddy, my ex-husband, came over because my oldest child had gotten in trouble at school. And he's like, here, come here. I want to show you something. And he shows it to me. And I had never even seen it before. And I was like, what is that? And he tells me, and I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, here, do a little bit. So, of course, I'm mm -hmm. like, okay. Mm -hmm. The moment I did that, I was like, I just effed up. Damn. I know I did. I yeah. knew it. Um, it was cheaper. It would last way longer. Like, I, I wasn't working, so anything that was cheaper was better for me. Right. And... So I did that from February to May. I injected for the first time in May, and I knew that there would be no coming back from that. July, I overdosed. And this was, we were riding out in the country. I had, CPS had stepped in a couple months prior. I had to be supervised around my kids by my mom. 
Um, so like they couldn't leave with me. They couldn't ride to church with me. Like we have, and my mama is a by the rule. Like she was not sliding on anything with me and those kids. So wow. anyway, um, I'm out and about driving in, in the middle of nowhere and I overdose. And I remember the whole process of coming in and out and what that felt like and seeing things happen around me, but not being able to get words out my mouth. And then the next thing I remember is waking up in the hospital and they tell me this whole story about me being in the backseat of a car at a gas station, completely dead. And the lady that was working at the gas station happened to see me in the backseat of the car and was like, she started causing a scene. Had she not seen me in the backseat of that car, wow, they would have dropped me in a ditch. I know that for sure. That is this terrible, was man. divine intervention, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So a guy that goes that- to my church is on the... um the EMT for like the next county over and he just happened to be at that gas station. So he pulls me out, starts working on me. The ambulance gets there. They start taking turns. Like nothing was happening. My dad was there at that point watching all this happen. And he, um, he said he just kept watching my feet for some type of life back in Mm -hmm. my body. And they ended up innovating me in the, in the parking lot. And that's when they finally got, uh, a pulse. It was weak, but they got one. They sent me on to the emergency room. They called my mom. They're like, you need to get there. She's not going to make it. Wow. So my mama gets over there, all my family, church family, like all these people that have been praying for me and supporting me all my life that I have isolated myself from mm-hmm. because I felt like it was me against the world mm-hmm. show up in this room and are praying over me in there, just surrounding my mom and my dad. And 24 hours later, I come off of the ventilator. I wake up. I have no brain damage. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Man, this is like the most amazing story. This is crazy. Dang. Yeah. So for your whole entire body to be blue from like your hairline to your toes, you have to be without oxygen and a heartbeat for like 15 minutes. Oh my gosh. So if you go without oxygen to your brain for just a couple minutes, like typically there's some type of brain damage. Yeah. Um, so I went to a year long faith-based program from there and it it was like the sense of relief, like, oh my God, it's over. Mm -hmm. Like it's over. I'm in the hospital. I wanted it so bad, but I couldn't make myself check into detox. I didn't want to be sick. But when you wake yeah. up in the hospital and you're already there, you're like, this is like God doing for me what I could not do for myself. Yeah. And so I did the program. My mom kept the kids. CPS was closed. I got a full-time job. I had always been at home with my kids. Even though I was in, in and out of addiction, I had always been home with my kids. Mm-hmm. So when I came out of that program as a single mama of five, moved my kids two hours away from everything we knew, everyone we knew. And was working full time. That moment I said, I will figure out a way to make money online because Mm -hmm. I will be with my kids. Right. So that now I'm emotionally present. You know, I'm a different kind of mama. This is the one they deserve to have all the time. Mm -hmm. So I go, you know, I'm working and I get into network marketing and I love the company that I'm with. I love their products, but I struggled to make money online with that. Yeah, I would make some and then I wouldn't and then I'd make some and then I wouldn't. So it was never anything consistent to where it never replaced income. It would just be like 
you know, there's some extra groceries or now we're going out to eat tonight or something like that kind of money, you know? Right. And um, so let's see, probably around, oh yeah, the last, last year, August, I jumped into another relationship. Some parts of me still are not healed. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> I can still hear you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought this one would be different. He had never done drugs. His whole family was like pastors. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. Oh, no. No, it wasn't. It was not. He was very toxic and very manipulating. And and it, the sad part for me was like, because I have been healed in so many areas of myself and my life. And just, I felt bad for him. Like, I wasn't yeah. even angry. I felt bad for him because I'm mm-hmm. like, you don't even recognize what you're doing to yourself. Yeah. How blind you are to these. Cause all my life when I was little and a teenager and all that, like if somebody said something to me, like a guy, if you said Mm -hmm. something to me that made me feel some type of way, like I had no problem never speaking to you again. You're not going to disrespect me. I have that at home. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so like, it's like, as I got clean, I, I got back to that. Like, it, I have no problem blocking somebody. I have no problem taking you out of mm-hmm. my life. I worked hard to get to where I'm at at this point in my life. And if you don't respect exactly. me enough to respect that, then you don't deserve to be in yeah. my life anyway. So exactly I left that real quick and in a hurry, right? You know all about yeah. that. You know what that feels like. <laughs> you know, I left real quick yeah. in a hurry in the middle of the mm-hmm. night with all five of my kids. We drove to my mom's Man. and I was like, mom, I'm going to be here for two weeks. And here we are, um, 12, 13, 14, 15 months later, but I'm finally wow. moving out this month. I'm so excited. That Man, you are killing it in yeah. every single way. So Dang. we get into, a, Good for uh, you. I get into looking at, I start seeing all these things come on my, my TikTok for you page about affiliate marketing, affiliate marketing. So I get into the program and I'm just like, this whole world has opened up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, this is a thing. And this is a real thing. And people are quitting their jobs. And so I did it. I did the things. And I have struggled to figure out exactly who I'm trying to speak to. Because I feel like, and I think that's everybody's struggle in the online space Mm -hmm. is who they're speaking to. Right. Clarifying their message, you know, and that Mm -hmm. I had such a conviction to want to work with sober mamas. And then I got into that with affiliate marketing and it wasn't really going anywhere. And I'm like, sober moms ain't got money. Like it's a, but that was my scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. That's my mindset around money is that, oh, they, because I didn't have, they don't have. And that's not true. Yeah. That's not true. That is my mindset. Not that other people don't have that same mindset, but there are people Mm -hmm. that are recovering addicts that are not broke. Right. You know what I'm saying? Very true, yeah. And mm-hmm. so I steered away from that. I, I changed and decided I was going to start speaking to stay-at-home mamas. And I just still felt like, like, I have, no matter what I'm doing, I have to talk about my sobriety. For mm-hmm. one, it's what keeps me sober. Right. And for two, I'm using a voice that a lot of people are scared to use. Very true, yeah. They're ashamed. Like Mm -hmm. whatever the case may be, they don't want anybody to know or whatever the case may be. So they don't speak on the things that they've been through. And Mm -hmm. then 
there are these ones that are suffering in silence alone. And I have messages, Jordan, on a daily basis. I get messages from people that have seen a TikTok, a reel, a post. You don't know what you're doing for me. Like you, all the things. And it, and that's what keeps me going. And every time I always respond like, thank you for your words because your words are what keep me going because the online space can yeah. be a difficult place to navigate. People are always going to mm-hmm. throw out their comments on you and their opinions on you. And so you got to grow a thick skin in that space. Right. Um, yeah, you do. But mindset. So going through this whole entire journey online and figuring out where I, where I belong and what I want to use my space for, I have realized that so many women struggle with their mindset. Mm-hmm. They can't even, I made a post in a group and I'm like, tell me one thing you love about yourself. I was the only person that commented on it. Wow. And I said, I made this post to show you all because they're in there for mindset. Like it's, that's yeah. what I'm pulling them in there. We're going to work on your mindset because until, until you work on your mindset, anything you try to do, you're going to give up or you're going to walk away as soon as it gets hard. Exactly. And yeah. so I'm like, we're going to do mindset. We're going to work on this mindset. We're going to do affirmations. We're going to do manifesting. Like we're going to talk about these things and practice these mm-hmm. things and things that you can actually implement into your daily life that have changed right. my life. Mm-hmm. I haven't always been like this, you know? Yeah. And so I said, I made this post to prove a point because you have a hard time finding something that you love about yourself. But if I would have Mm -hmm. said, tell me one thing you want to change about yourself. Oh, y'all would have Mm -hmm. blew up the comments. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) So I said it's super important. And I've decided that regardless if I'm speaking to and in doing this, I have had so many recovering addicts find me. Wow, like, that is awesome. I know. It's so like yeah. when I stopped trying to actually reach a certain person and I just started speaking from my heart. Right. Then I started coming out the woodworks and I'm like. Dang. So let me ask you a question real quick. Do you yes. do like one-on-one coaching, like a life coaching type stuff with, with your specific audience? Or is that something that, that you've ever thought about? Yes. That's something that I want to move toward. Like that, that yeah. is I can my really see ultimate that. goal. Yeah. That would be huge. I, I definitely see that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Con- continue and there's even on with a your program story. I heard about that um, a friend of mine shared with, and she got her life coach certification from there. They also mm-hmm. have a sober coach certification. Interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. Because I don't want to do therapy. Like I don't mind like if right. you need to share something with me, but I do not want to be an addiction counselor. That's mm-hmm. that's not what I want to do. That's heavy. And it it is just really emotionally heavy. And I have a lot sure. of in my life right now with all these kids that I just, it, I, I'm not, I'm not strong enough to handle that type of weight right now, maybe later in my right. life, but yeah. a sober coach, like you're already sober and you want the next level of your life. Right. Oh, uh, we, that's my zone right there, baby. <laughs> that would be awesome. Do you think that you have to get like certified or do you think that like, I honestly I think if you build like... your presence online that, yeah. that you're credibility comes from that yeah and like it's not like you don't have the life experience like that's the way I look at it like I feel like you don't really have to go and get certified for certain things if like your experience certified exactly you. especially right. in the online yeah. space because if you have the mm-hmm. knowledge maybe you can monetize that heck yeah yep that's so true <laughs> I mean it's so powerful I tell these people all the time like you think that you have to 
do what everybody else is doing. Do you mm-hmm. know how many people would kill to know how to do certain plants and flowers and recipes and just like literally endless things that we have knowledge for that people would rather learn from you than anybody else. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. I was, I want to say this real quick. I was recently speaking with a friend and I was like, oh man, cause like I'm in the process right now of like working on like my own coaching program and stuff like that. And I was really having a hard time with being like, I don't want to be known as like a, just like another affiliated marketing coach or something like that, just because there's so many of them. And the girl straight up told me, she's like, not everyone is Jordan Murphy and not er- like there's certain people who literally want to work with you. And I was like, I'll never forget that dude. Like that's so true. Like some, yeah, some people are just going to reach out to you because they, they love what you have. So yes. yeah, that, that was so powerful. Yeah. But, it um, is. And there are, yeah. when I started talking about, when I started going live on TikTok and talking about, okay, guys, like I'm going to be working on my Super Talk Jess account and I'm going to be talking about mindset and I'm creating some, like I'm creating a gratitude journal that's got like affirmations and manifesting tips and just like the science behind gratitude and what it does for us, like spread it, spread mm-hmm. throughout the journal, but prompts and stuff like that. And it's nice. simple. It's like a five minute daily journal. So you have like, your highlight of the day, your three gratitude points of the day and affirmation of the day. So it's not like super deep, but mm-hmm. powerful. That's awesome. Are and you going to have so that? When like- I finish that, I'm going to do a sober journal. That'll be the next thing I'll work on. Awesome. But when I started talking about that in my life, all these women that have been following my friend Mike that have come over and started following me now, they're like, oh, as soon as you get that done, please let me know. And I'm like, I've had this on my mind since the beginning, Jordan, since the beginning, like in the beginning of the year when me and you had conversations about that and I was like, you know, I want to create and I want to have this community subscription, like all these things. And I'm like, if I would have just started, but regardless, I have even more experience now and I have even more struggle that I've gone through that other people will relate to now. Um, yeah, that's fine. You know, but I, I know where I'm supposed to go with this now and I'm slowly but surely putting piece by piece to get there. And it's going to be powerful. Heck yeah. That's amazing. Especially now that you have like the pieces like that. There's no greater feeling than having like the missing piece no. to everything that you've been trying. Because it to, is a puzzle. Yeah. For real. Also, guys, if you guys want to follow Jess on social media, what is your username it's, on like um, Instagram? Never talk, Jess. Okay. That's what I thought. Of. I wasn't for yeah. sure. <laughs> I should know that by now. <laughs> yeah, girl. I leave that but, the um, same just because it's easier. It's so much easier. Yeah, it is. So in conclusion, do you have any anything that you would like to say to the women that's listening to this podcast right now? Um, everything advice? that you need, you already have inside of you. Ooh, and man. your limiting beliefs or your blocks or whatever has happened in your life that you're holding on to, until you let that go, you're not going to be able to unlock the next level. And there is no greater feeling than being able to sit with yourself. I meet so many people that cannot sit with themselves. And I I mean, I'm sure I couldn't do that for a very long time. I had to have music going. I had to have TV going. I had to be around somebody all the time. And now, like, if I can sit in that quiet space, that's where my power comes from because I'm connecting to that source. Right. So. Oh, that's so powerful. Yeah. Dang. Wow. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I I definitely want to have you back for like another episode. So 
once you have something else to share, shoot me a text and we can yes. have you back on, on the schedule because I know that this this audience is definitely going to love everything that you just had to share. Like it's so, so freaking powerful. Well, so. thank you. And this is awesome. I'm so proud of you. When you told like, especially when you told me like the name and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is... <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Her Voice Matters with Jordan Murphy. Our mission with each episode is to help resilient individuals rebuild their lives, regain their confidence, and overcome obstacles that may be holding them back. To make sure you don't miss an episode, remember to like and subscribe this podcast. And as always, if you or someone you know is experiencing abuse or trauma, please seek professional help and support. See you next time on Her Voice Matters.